Hey guys and gals, before we get into today's episode with Dr. Miranda Phillips, if there's any episode I want you to listen to, well, actually I want you to listen to all the episodes all the way through, but if there's any episode I want you to make sure you listen all the way through, today is the day, right? We get into, we're in the middle of this COVID era and with Dr. Miranda Phillips, she is a, a emergency room, board certified emergency room doctor. I could not let her get out of here today without giving us her insight on what's up with COVID and where we're headed with that. So a huge, huge, um, probably the most logical explanation that I have heard and we're seeing since this whole thing's started. So just stick around. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms. I'm the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. Today, I am super excited. And now that I've read through her bio, intimidated by today's guest, Dr. Miranda Phillips. Uh, Miranda is the co-founder of Elite Wealth and Wellness. She is an entrepreneur, investor, philanthropist, and international speaker, and a physician. Dr. Phillips started practicing medicine in 2009 after graduating med school with a four-point GPA. So, Right there, there's two things that you and I differ on. Number one, I've never been to grad school. Number number two, I've never had a 4.0 GPA. That <laughs> that over there was that represents like a 2.5, right? And I'm proud <laughs> to put it on my wall. So uh, that's awesome. <laughs> you a, should be proud. You know, Kiyosaki has words around A students and C students, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, but with Miranda's having a thorough understanding of the codependent relationships between mental and physical health, which I want to dive in today, uh, she has pushed herself hard to find both her intellectual and physical limits from setting NCAA inter- intercollegiate women's soccer records that still stand today and becoming financially free and independent by her mid 30s to spending time thousands of feet above and below sea level all across the world, which I don't know. I just had an anxiety attack thinking about diving. Um, her adventures and achievements have taught her many beneficial lessons in life. In addition to granting her a unique perspective of humanity and the world. Randa, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. It's, uh, it's a great privilege to be on your show. So I, I, you and I connected through Facebook and, and I know one of the things that, and the reason why I wanted to talk with you is because this connection that you have with wealth and wellness, right? Because a lot of times people tend to sacrifice one or the other, right? When it comes to, when it just comes to life, right? Is that you, Absolutely. you, and, and even, so I'll, I'll lay some groundwork here. Even in the mastermind, we just finished up a course. It was a three week course where we focused on goal setting and so that, uh, you know, tomorrow, so we're recording this on July the, or June the 30th and tomorrow starts Q3. The course was designed to kick off Q3 for these guys to have a 12 week, really focused, laser focused vision and or goals. And, you know, on Saturday, one of the guys says, Hey, 
can I replace one of my real estate investing goals with like being a better husband? It's like, absolutely you can. So there's, <laughs> there's all sorts of stuff, you know, that goes into being wealthy and health, health is one of those things. So let's dive into how those two are interconnected. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, as you've pointed out, Jay, you know, what's super important is to know where you're going in life and and know what your dream life, so to speak, looks like and where you want to be. Otherwise, it's extremely difficult to pave the way to get there. But once you know where you're going, and that's kind of your lighthouse, then uh, persistence, you know, with your action will get you there. So uh, as you have set up with your mastermind, you've done it perfectly and laid that out. The next step, as you've probably also elucidate to them is is time blocking. So you, yes. you know kind of where your dream life is and you, you've got to lay out your priorities explicitly. You know, at least that's the way you know I did it and has been successful in my coaching. And you know, whenever you lay out explicit goals about what your priorities are and what you want, uh, you want your life to be without regrets. And so you need to know what you need on the calendar in order to live that life uh, and then uh, ultimately you know pass on as we all do without regret. So laying out those priorities. And of course, health has to be one of them, right? Because what's wealth if you're going to die tomorrow and not be able to benefit from any of it, right? So that's got to be a part of it. But as you lay out the priorities in life, um, you know, it helps to have a little bit of kind of medical background, if you will, in being able to help people understand that, you know, one of the requirements is social connection, meaningful relationships. You know, we find that as a spouse or significant other or as a parent, Um, as a child, you know, to our own parents, however that is. And that's super important. You have to have that. That's just one of the required variables, if you will, for happiness mentally. So knowing you have to have that, knowing that you've got to have physical health, and then having some insight about, okay, what is physical health comprised of? Well, you know, the three main elements are sleep, diet, and exercise. And uh, just kind of piecing those all together and then time blocking. So putting that on your calendar, say, okay, what are my priorities? And you have to know your priorities, right? Otherwise, it makes it more difficult to decide what goes on your calendar. So is it, you know, do you have physical health that you need to address before anything else? Like if you want to be able to be a spouse and be a parent, be a child and be able to influence those people, do you have your health to do that? Or, you know, does that need to be part of your focus? And it shouldn't be to the exclusion of those relationships, but maybe that takes a little bit more time in your calendar when you sit down to time block and say, okay, you know, from this time to this time, I'm going to be exercising and doing some cardiovascular stuff. And then, you know, from this time to this time later on the day, maybe that's my kid time or my, you know, parent time or my significant other time. But Time blocking is huge. Uh, And then just uh, knowing that you've got to have your health if you're going to have a happy life. And then you know how to time block for that. Yeah. And so that's, I love that. And we didn't do a whole lot of show prep. And you were uh, messaging me before. It's like, there any questions I need to, you know, prepare for or whatnot? And I'm like, (laughs) no, we just kind of, I just kind of go by the seat of my pants. So it's, it's, I love that you mentioned time blocking. It is something that, we definitely talked about in the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. Matter of fact, I had a call Monday morning uh, with one of the members. She's been in there for almost since the inception and she still struggles. And I struggle with it too, right? And it's one of these things where i big fan of the 12-week year by Brian Moran. And if it's not on that bookshelf behind you, you need to check it out. I, I think it's just amazing to, to really get laser focused on where you're going to spend your time for the next next year or not next year, for the next 12 weeks. And I go through this every quarter, right? I go through this process. All right, what am I going to focus on? And I hate this week because here we are leading up, you know, the new, uh, the new quarter starts tomorrow. And 
I hate it because I know I'm going to push myself to say, okay, my schedule is going to change up, but I need to time block because if I don't time block, it's, it's going to get consumed. Right. And, um, the conversation on Monday, I was like the, uh, the lady was, she was concerned about having the right time blocks in place. I was like, number one, you can't be perfect. Don't worry about being perfect on it. Number two, time blocking is just like uh, a budget right? You have a financial budget. You should have a time budget. That way, when you're spending when, when you're spending time doing something like being on Facebook or trying to grow your business or spending time with your kids, that you shouldn't feel guilty about doing that because you've allotted already a lot of that time. It's, it's almost like a mental game, right? Uh, so I love that you brought up exactly. um, uh, time blocking. It is a huge, huge, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? I don't know. I don't know what this is my 2.5 GPA coming out. Yeah, (laughs) whatever. No, it's perfect. It's beautiful because you're right. I mean, the time blocking is not perfect. And even whenever I time block, um, you know, it's not going to be perfect. And I recognize that. And I don't hold myself to that standard, you know, because then it kind of invites some negative emotions of, well, I didn't achieve what I meant to achieve. But that's not the point of it, of course. Right. You know, it's it's having those priorities and knowing you're going to get to them. And then if something comes up, it's just completely out of your control then you know what you had to move in your time blocked schedule in order to uh, hit that fire, if you will, put that fire out. Uh, So, so you just pick it up and you put it somewhere else. You know, it's, you don't have to sacrifice it. You just, you gotta be flexible sometimes. And that's the way I've done it. Yeah. Life happens, right? I mean, it just, and and when it happens more frequently, you realize how less you are in control, which is okay. (laughs) Right. It's okay. Don't, don't have to worry about being perfect. Um, Exactly. (laughs) So as a, as a busy professional, right? So the audience of the podcast is 80% males, uh, 25 to, to 40, 50 years old who are working a W2 job, right? They're focused on their career. They're focused on their family. They've got a kid or they've got a kid on the way. And the, the ideal audience member who's, you know, a lot of them, uh, probably travel, even though we're mm-hmm. into this COVID stuff right now. Um, the question is, you know, the, the ideal, not the ideal listener, the most of the audience for the W2 Capitalist podcast and YouTube channel is uh, 80% of it's male, right? 25 to 40, 40 years old, focused on growing that career, focused, you know, very career heavy, or, career heavy or, oriented, uh, also family focused, either they're married, they've got a kid on the way, or they've got a couple kids of their own. Um, so how with all that stuff going on and now they're thinking about, okay, I want to add passive income streams through real estate investing. I don't, I've got to be able to study this with all that going on. What are some tips and tricks that, that they can, and I'm going to put myself in the same category as what, what are some of the tips that I can do to stay physically uh, healthy, but also mentally healthy? Cause I think the mental game, and I want to ask you maybe, maybe before we get into that, what's more important, right? Physical health or mental health? All right. Well, to answer that question, um, I would have to say they're equally important because you really can't survive with one and not the other. Right. So I know it's probably not, you know, the point of the answer you're looking for, but you know, the, the end result of deteriorating mental health is suicide, right. And that mm-hmm. your physical life. Um, and then of course that deteriorating physical health is well, uh, so both are very precious. Both you have to have, uh, paid attention to both of them in order to live, an amazing life of, of happiness and enjoy the wealth uh, and wellness that you're creating. So you have to pay attention to both. You cannot have one without the other. 
um, as you as you improve your physical health, there's actually uh, physiologically it improves your mental health. Um, as you improve your mental health, then it actually improves your intellectual capacity and your ability to be successful and your ability to even enjoy meaningful connections. You know the relationships that you're wanting to enjoy or be successful in your W two job. So it's very symbiotic in nature. Um, typically, you can I would say your highest yield would be if you are able to get your physical exercise in, then that typically will lend itself to improving your mental health and will also improve your focus. It'll improve your attention and uh, and it'll help you to feel uh, better about yourself and confident enough to really engage in meaningful relationships without kind of feeling that it gets rid of that lagginess, if you will, if I can speak tech talk like my kids do sometimes, yeah. <laughs> it kind of gets rid of that lagginess feeling and helps mm-hmm. you really uh, be more present, you know? And mm. so so really, if you are able to get some form of exercise in, and it could be just a little, I mean, listen, I definitely, <laughs> at my uh, at my breaking point when I had a <clears throat> life change and a life epiphany, uh, you know, in my W-2 job uh, as a physician, I took on a bunch of leadership roles and got to the point where I literally was sleeping two hours a day, not always at night wow. either. I had to go find a call room in the hospital and get it pitch black and just nap for a couple hours. Oh, it was terrible. It was, it was absolutely terrible. But during that time, I mean, you say you don't have time, like that's really literally yeah. no time, right? And so I might be in a call room and I'll commit to doing, you know, push ups and jumping jacks and sit ups. And, you know, they have uh, resistant bands now. So during this COVID lockdown, you know, I've been using resistance bands at home a lot more until I yeah. could get back into the gym. Uh, but, you know, there's CrossFit gyms as well. So for people that travel, um, there's always the option to, to go in. A lot of the gyms too have it now to where if you're a member at one gym, and then you mm. can go to another gym and another location and still check in for free just because you've got that membership. So yeah. um, getting really creative. A lot of times, um, you know, if you're working for corporations, there's been a big push, which has been amazing to incorporate wellness. And so sometimes groups will get together for uh, yoga or Tai Chi or to run in the morning or to do some cycling, anything you can find, you know, if you can squeeze in even 30 minutes of some vigorous activity per day, which is, you know, the layman's terms, get it vigorous, vigorous to just get your heart rate up and make it right. uh, hard to have a conversation, you know, and, but just that alone is super high yield, very high yield for health. So I'm going to, I'm going to answer your, my question for you. You just okay. put more uh, precedence or priority on physical health. Yeah, I yeah. would say, well, it's, it's going to be higher yield. Let me yeah, no, it that way, right? I, I love that. And I love you're talking in investor terms. I think that's going to speak volumes to the, the community here. Uh, I So, and also what I love you here to say, hey, 30 minutes a day, right? Or 30 minutes every other day. It doesn't really have to be, you don't have to think that you have to spend two hours in the gym, right? Yeah. Uh, I can't tell you the last time I spent two hours in the gym. It was probably 20 years ago, if I'm lucky. <laughs> Yeah. No, 30 minutes a day. That's and I, and I, I I show that now, but, um, you know, and, and I'll encourage, I want to encourage everybody too. if, if 30 minutes seems like a stretch for you, start out with 10 minutes, right? I love, there's a guy by the name of Will Smith who does generational wealth building. He started this, uh, hashtag 50 with Will, which is basically a 30 day challenge. Hey, do 50 pushups a day. That's it. Don't even think about anything else. Just do 50 pushups. And uh, you don't have to do them all at once either, right? And so if you're thinking about, man, I can't do 50 push-ups, I couldn't either when I started, right? <laughs> and so I, I just want to encourage people when you, when you think about doing physical activity and because and, and, uh, it is going to help your mental activity. I feel so much better when I do 
the physical exercise mentally. It, it's kind of, it's, I don't know. It's interesting, right? I mean, I can do all these brain activities and brain exercises, which I want to pick your brain on a couple of those and kind of see what your thoughts are on that. But usually it comes back to the physical activity that really charges me up. Right. So, and that's physiologic, Jay. So you're, you're experiencing, I mean, that, that (laughs) it's amazing when you get on a a treadmill or even if you do some stuff in place, you know, just kind of getting that focus of of what you're doing in your exercise. It just, there's a lot of physiology that happens in the brain that makes it such that Mm. you can create, you can be creative. You can also be uh, more attentive and innovative on a specific project, you know, if if you've got something on your plate. And let's not get crazy and put the picture of me on a treadmill for anybody because that doesn't (laughs) happen. That's uh, mainly, mainly what I do in the morning times is I'll do a 10 minute HIIT workout. So high intensity training where it's just one thing right after another, don't take a break for 10 minutes and I'm done. Cause I really, it's, I do it mainly to wake myself up, right. And get those mental juices flowing. The rest of my workout are the three kids that we have running around, right? I kinda, <laughs> That's a lot of I kinda, workout. <laughs> I kind of justify that as, I mean, we wrestled in the floor for like two hours last night uh, because that. I don't know. Our kids go in these spurts. I know you have them too, but if you remember back when, you know, they're under five, everybody has their own sleep cycle and it's not all night long. So yesterday I got, to, they were a little unruly and I, I just said, you know what, I'm going to wrestle with them for two hours. I'm going to tire them all out. And, uh, it worked for the most part. It worked for the most part. Now I slept really hard too. So it was good. <laughs> it was good. It was good. Uh, I was going to say, I'm impressed. We try to tire our kids out and it just doesn't happen. They still, well, be you're a little bit older. Right. So they are a little, <laughs> yeah. Nine, nine, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I got to ask you this too. This is more of a personal thing. Uh, I probably two months ago, I started just taking cold water showers. You know, I, it was a number one, it started out with a dare. And I think, you know, Tony Robbins has this thing too about cold water plunges. And then I was introduced to the Wim, Wim Hof method of breathing and, and ice plunges. And I've started to do a little bit of that. And it is, it sounds weird, but it's exhilarating. But what are, are you familiar with those two concepts, like cold water plunges and the Wim Hof breathing method? Are you? Familiar I'm not familiar. I'm not familiar with Wim Hof. Um, the cold plunges. I know that Robin's been a fan of those, and uh, I haven't studied the physiology behind it, so I wouldn't be able to tell you from a medical standpoint <clears throat> what's happening there. But I'm with yeah. you though, in, in that I have experienced that too. Uh, I have done that. I've, you know, okay. sometimes back even when I'm studying for board exams back in the day for medicine, you know, I would jump in the shower, make it super cold just to wake myself up and just get the alertness back up so I could sit down and focus again. <laughs> and if you want to get a 4.0 on your GPA, that's, <laughs> that's right. uh, cold showers, right? Cold showers. <laughs> that's right. Uh, by the way, so you played soccer in college. What? Where did you go? Where did you go to college? Yeah, I went to the University of Texas in Dallas and, uh, and played okay. soccer there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Very, very cool. Um, I was a walk on myself. I played a little, little football and well, I, I didn't play. I was a tackling dummy. Let's be honest. I was a tackling dummy <laughs> and, uh, probably the best shape ever in my life. And, and some of the best things I ever did, but man, it was extremely hard. It was, oh, uh, man. I would like to blame my GPA on that, but it really, had to do with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard work, man. They run you hard, right? They do. They do. And and some of the uh, life's best lessons that I learned through that for sure. For sure. Oh, 100%. So so let's talk about mental. We we talked a little bit about physical, right? Um, You know, if you're starting out to working out, do 30 minutes a day, just get that heart rate up. That's the biggest thing. What is, what are some of the mental health exercises that somebody can do? 
right? To, to exercise your brain. Cause you know, I probably about a year ago, I was introduced to, to meditation. And when I thought it was just kind of this weird, weird thing that weird people do. Now I have a totally different outlook on it because when I meditate, I actually feel, and I know this is my brain playing tricks on me, but I actually feel like, you know, how if you, you were to do 50 push-ups, and your, your muscles are just, you know, you could feel the heartbeat, your heartbeat in them. I kind of feel like when I meditate, I, I feel my heartbeat in my brain. Like I can feel it expanding and contracting. Is that like something that actually happens or, am, or is my brain just playing tricks on me? No, it's good. It speaks to the amount of focus you're, um, okay. <clears throat> that you're obtaining during a meditation, which is fantastic. So yeah, in the way of mental health exercises, um, you know, there's, there's a few things that, again, I say are high yield. I like to say high yield because I really don't like to exclude any one thing from another because right. it's all important. You I love, have the, it all. You have I love it all. the phrase. I love the <laughs> phrase. And it speaks to investors too, right? So yeah, absolutely. Um, so for mental health, um, a, a couple of things that you can really focus on. So one is practicing, uh, that attention and that focus, just like you alluded to. And, Meditation is a beautiful way to do it. Uh, meditation has a lot of other health benefits as well, uh, including lowering your heart rate. It, it can lower your blood pressure. Well, it does lower your blood pressure if you're doing it effectively. But in the long term, for people that have high blood pressure, you know, meditation can, can actually help with that. But in addition to that, even if you're not into meditation, um, you know, there's other things you can do. So a huge thing that you can always carry with you through life is in the grand scheme of things, happiness is an accumulation of the positive experiences you have in life. So how many positive experiences can you have? And if you want to look at, you know, Nelson Mandela and some other historical figures in the past that a lot of people really admire um, for their ability to not experience negative emotions. It's so, you know, Mandela was in prison, right? For mm. years and years and years, and then became president of Africa afterwards. And then uh, forgave immediately forgave and even had gratitude towards uh, the prison guards saying, you know, he looked after me for all the years. And so really one of the most beautiful things in life to help with, with mental health is, you know, when you are experiencing something that could be viewed as negative, there's always the pessimistic view, but there's mm. always the optimistic view. You can always take something positive from that. Now it's not to say you have to evade the negative emotions you're feeling, you know, acknowledge those, I realize they're happening. <laughs> yeah. Right. <no. laughs> I'll say we don't, but, um, yeah, you know, recognizing we're experiencing negative emotions. Yeah. I still, I practice this daily, you know, I'm experiencing a negative emotion. You know, what is that coming from and what do I need to change in myself so that I'm not experiencing that negative emotion. And so, uh, learning how to really enjoy the positive things in life and understand how things are working towards a greater good for you or working towards, um, a greater goal for you. You know, something that I do every single day. And really, it just has a huge increase in my quality of, of life. And then the third thing I would say, uh, in addition to practicing focus, <clears throat> and then practicing, um, seeing the, the positive aspects of, of how things, uh, where I should, let me rephrase that to see how things are meaningful to you in life in a positive way. Um, and then the third thing is being present in relationships, because again, mm. it's, uh, really, I feel like in general, we kind of neglect how important that is as human beings. This is a required element for happiness. We have to have meaningful social connections and we have to be engaging in those. Otherwise they may as well not exist. So putting the phone down, 
you know, this is, again, speaks to the time blocking. If you've blocked out 30 minutes with your person, um, whoever that is that you can engage with and enjoy the communication with, make sure that you you know that that's your time blocked time. So the phone goes away, the computer goes away. When the kids come in and, and break it up and, oh, I have a, you know, it's emergency, it's emergency. Someone dying? Well, no. Okay, are you dying? Someone hurt? No. Okay, I'll be with you in 30 minutes, you know, really focusing to try to protect that time so that you can be present in the moment and sports, same way, right? Talk to elite athletes, you know, they are present in the moment. And that's what makes them amazing at what they do. Well, if you want to be amazing with your mental health and in relationships, Mm. you got to be present in that moment. Hey guys, I want to take a real quick break from the awesome, awesome information conversation going on with Dr. Miranda Phillips and talk about Dilchek. You've heard me mention it before, and I love the line that Dr. Phillips introduced me to about this is going to yield the best result, right? Everything's going to have, we're talking about physical and mental, mental fitness, which one's better, but the same thing, right? Dealcheck.io is going to provide you, it's going to give you the best yield for your money. It is the simplest investment calculator out there. We have an affiliate link. If you go to w2capitalist.com slash affiliates, and you'll find them there on our affiliates page, but more important than anything, if you don't use our affiliate link or not, Use the promo code W2CAP when you check out. Again, it is free to join. You can sign up. You can use their calculator. Uh, The way their system works is that you can use it for free for as long as you want to. You only have to pay when you start needing to unlock certain parts of the program. But sign up. When you get ready to check out, use the promo code W2CAP. It's going to give you 25% off. Uh, And for, for me, that makes my bill about five bucks per month on the plan that I use. All right, let's get back to it. I am the guy who can't switch gears that quickly, right? But, and what I mean by that is go from work to home, right? Because when I go home, I'm sitting here thinking about work and all this other stuff. And time blocking does allow me to do that, right? I was like, okay, it's, it's like this mental game. All right, you're done thinking about that. You need to go think about something else. But you just challenged me because I've been thinking about all the distractions uh, when I want to spend time with my wife or with my kids have been, you know, device related, right? Or something else. But really it could be that if I'm going to spend time with my wife, the kids could be a distraction. Of course, I'm giving myself a little bit of a a give there or a mulligan or whatnot, because we do have, you know, five, three, and one. There's some need, you know, some general needs (laughs) that they're not (laughs) self-sufficient yet, but I think you make an excellent point that I have to think about and and figure out, right? Is, is how do my wife and I make sure we get that quality time? Because, Right now, we're both working. We're trying to raise the kids. And by the time, you know, the kids are in bed, we're both so exhausted. Either she just goes to bed or I'm up working. And it, I don't know, you just, you, uh, you touched a nerve that I need to, or an itch <laughs> I need to scratch there. So that's really good stuff. Really good yeah, stuff. Yeah. And listen, we've been there too. You know, the kids were younger uh, and exactly, you know, similar to your ages. Obviously, they're 9, 9, 11 now, but they were close to your kids' ages at one point. And you're right. Like, there, it's so much harder. And what we did was we literally would bring in, uh, we'd hire a sitter, a nanny, you know, mm. kid next door type of deal, come in and, hey, you know, keep them alive for an hour. We're going to go out and, you know. All we're doing is asking you to keep them alive for an hour. We're not sitting the bar high. That's awesome. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You know, so, and then, and getting away just to have that time, because again, it's, it's kind of like what they say on the airlines, right? Is when the oxygen mask comes down, you got to put yours on first and then you can help all the others, right? Because if yours doesn't go on, then your time to help is very limited. And so 
it's kind of part of your oxygen mask, you know, and that's what we did. So we would, we would hire, you know, a sitter and, and have a date night and we time blocked that, you know? Mm. And, and so even if you can't get a full date night in, you could time block even an hour and say, Hey hun, you know, on yeah. the phone, you know, I'm going to be home in about, you know, an hour or so. Do you want to see if so-and-so can just watch the kids and we'll go get coffee or we'll go for a walk around the neighborhood, you know, yeah. just for an hour and talk to each other and uh, the kids will be taken care of. And then when we get back, it'll be full on again. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's good. That's a good mental break too, right? Yes. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, we don't know anything about those yet. We're, uh... <laughs> so I got to ask you too, you know, you talked about this earlier, you touched on it earlier and we're, we're in that, we're talking about relationships and whatnot. And I did a, um, a YouTube live, which I didn't tell you this, but I, I will push, uh, push this on YouTube or publish this on YouTube. And one of the things that I, I did on my YouTube live, I talked about your, about circle, your circle of friends, friends, right? And how and how they are such an integral part of being successful and being happy, right? And one of my friends who's in that tight-knit circle posted this on um, social media the other day. He was like, when is the last time you had a bad day? And I literally could not think of the last time I had a bad day. And I was, and I was like, why is that? <laughs> you know, That's and, and I, so I want to ask you, do you, do you know, when's the last time you had a bad day? Oh, um, you know, if you have one, I think it shows you're human. I think <clears throat> there's something wrong with me, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, you know, I, I think it really speaks to your mindset, right. Mm. Um, and kind of what we were talking about before, how, how do you turn what initially seems like a nev- negative experience where do you find the positive in that? And then how long do you harp on the negative versus how long you harp on what you can find the positive being and and what's the lesson to be learned there. And, you know, I think that for a long time now, it's been nice to have a lot more positivity in my life than negativity. So yeah, definitely I'm human. Negative influence comes in. Um, you know, there's, there's people out there that they just have a way to inject a little negativity, you know, (laughs) just like, gosh, darn it. I keep um, those but, people way <laughs> outside my circle. I, I do not, right. I do not interact <laughs> right. with them at all. So yeah, a hundred percent. And I love that. And and so my husband and I are the same way. We've created a circle around us of uh, just positive influencers, people that are, you know, our peers, we consider to be kind of in the same uh, race that we're in to, to achieve life happiness. And, <clears throat> and then we've also got people above us, you know, that have done mm. things uh, that we haven't done yet, but that we're aspiring to do. And, um, and sometimes it's just as simple as through connection virtually, like, you know, yeah. with you and your podcast, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be in person, but over time we have actually weeded out the negativity, you know, those, those people that just seem to always have that little bit of yeah. negative slant on life <laughs> yeah. and we can't help but to share that. I, <laughs> um, and I used know, to think done, we've de- definitely worked on that. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, no, but I no, used no. to think it was my job to change their mindset and that drug me down so quick and so fast that I was like, I I finally realized, and I don't know, probably the last time I was in the gym for two or three hours, I don't know when it was. Uh, No, it was probably, it was probably uh, within the last five years. I was like, you know what? Here's the thing. This is about me and the rest of the people in this house, right? It's not about anybody else. Either you're with me or you're against me. And if you're coming in with that negative attitude, telling me I can't do this, I shouldn't do that, I shouldn't be thinking about that, then I don't I don't want to be around you, right? There are, what, 7 billion people on the planet. If I can't find 
five people who support me in the in the way I want to be supported, something's wrong. <laughs> That's very wise of you. And uh, absolutely. I've been, you know, it, I, um, at one point was a manager of a lot of people, if you will. Mm. And uh, of course that comes with a lot of positive influencers and then, and some of the negative influencers. And, probably more negative <laughs> being, a, <laughs> being a manager myself. I'm just going to say it was probably yeah. more negative, but yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, but there's stuff to be learned there, right? Because yep. As the as the negative influence comes in, that's where you get to challenge. You know, for me, I got to challenge myself as a leader. We talked about some leadership books, you know, uh, yeah, early on, yeah. and uh, you know, I get to challenge myself as as far as okay, now how do I, you know, neutralize this situation? How do I empathize and hear this person and respect their perspective? And then how do I get them mushing in the same direction? Uh, you know, how do I identify the common goal between us so that yeah. there's nothing fake about it? It truly is like, what are what are your goals? What are my goals? And then where do we find commonality and mush the same direction? Um, and then that still will get most of the negativity yeah. and mushing in a positive direction. But then there's still just those <laughs> last few that for whatever reason, just <laughs> not going to do it. And those are the people, right? Those are the people that, you know, we, you help them as much as you can, but it should never be to your detriment if you're a manager, yeah. you know, shouldn't. Yeah. It's uh, probably uh, means they don't belong there. If you're a manager in a W2 world and you've done everything you can to, to get them on. But what are you saying? Mush? Like a, yeah, like a like dog a, sled? Dog. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. No, it's making sure. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Have you ever been on a dog sled before? I haven't, but I'd love to. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Cold weather and me don't get along. So I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all yeah. right. So real quick, and I know we're running up here on time, but I want to make sure. So you, you know, we talked about you being a doctor. Uh, I've got one question. It's going to be about COVID. So I'll give you, give you a preface there before we get into the question. What is your specialty? Where are you at right now with your your doctorate? I did my emergency medicine residency, uh, graduated out of that um, back in 2012, and then became board certified in emergency medicine and uh, have been in the ER up until January of this year, and mm. then uh, retired from, from that, from all of emergency medicine, uh, actually, once I had become financially free. And now my focus has turned more towards lifestyle medicine, which does incorporate that health basically putting together wealth and wellness. And so it, it's a perfect passion that I get to pursue now and working on board certification for that now. That's awesome. So you, I would say you dodged a bullet getting out of the ER before this whole COVID thing really, really hit. I know that probably goes against some oath you took as a doctor to want to be able to help everybody. Right. So Pardon the phrase, but I, I'm looking at it as I wouldn't want to be there. But you're you're probably thinking, man, I retired at the wrong time because I want to be able to help as many people as I can. But what what is what is going on with with COVID? Right? Is, is it as bad? I mean, in your medical opinion, it is a virus, right? People have died from it. I you know I can't see anything where it's worse than the flu. Again. 2.5 GPA right there. It's what I'm. <laughs> <laughs> so your opinion is going to weigh a lot heavier than mine. But I, I just I think there's things that are blowing our proportion. Our, our our kids pediatrician said it the best. I think you know she goes in the coming months we're going to know more about this virus and we're going to realize it's not as scary as everybody thinks it is, and we're going to figure out ways to treat it right. And but I was like yeah, but there's all you see the news is inundated with, and I do a really good job of not 
talk about staying away from negative stuff. I do not watch the news, right? I haven't for over a decade. And, but my wife keeps me up to date, right? Or Facebook feed keeps me up to date. And I'm just one of those things where I'm like, this, this thing just seems way out of proportion, right? So in your opinion, uh, is COVID that dangerous or, you know, what, what are the, what's the big thing there? Where, where are we headed for the next couple of months? Let me, let me rephrase the question. Where are we headed in the next couple of months when it comes to, to COVID-19? Well, uh, Jay, it's a loaded question there. It is. It so. is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there. so I'm very evidence-based. Um, so I'll say that right out of the gate. Um, and so I love to see the numbers. I think the numbers uh, tell what needs to be told. Um, there's some, some people uh, will give their opinion. Obviously some people will just cite data. Um, I'm probably somewhere in between. And so is it as dangerous as everyone says? Well, I'll have to defer to the data on that. Um, and so here's, here's the problem with new infectious disease though. When you have a new infectious disease, you don't have enough data to know exactly Mm. how dangerous it is. Right. I mean, whenever this first, uh, the first outbreak happened in China, Wuhan, China, the Chinese CDC was putting out whatever data they could get a hold of. They were putting it out. Um, the World Health Organization, you know, started putting out data as quick as they could as well. And the suggested mortality rate was between three and four percent compared to seasonal influenza having a mortality rate of like 0.1 percent. Yeah. Right. That's huge. And so those numbers are very scary. What do you do with that? Well, so can you can you just write it off and say, no, nah, I'm sure the numbers <laughs> are wrong. It's just seasonal influenza. Right. Um, so, no, you can't. Right. I mean, you got to look at you got to pay attention to the numbers, but you also have to take into consideration that <clears throat> this isn't the whole picture because, you know, you, you still don't have an entire population, an entire country or entire world that's been infected yet. Mm. Uh, and there's discrepancies. There's there's uh, disparities in healthcare. You know, in America, here in the United States, you know, we've got robust facilities that um, have contingency plans and backup plans. And, you know, most people don't go without whenever they go to a hospital here, but that's not the same story in other mm. countries. Right. And so that can contribute to a discrepancy in mortality rates as well. You know, so as more people get the virus, that mortality rate is going to change. Um, right. It's going to fluctuate based on as, as younger people get it and don't die, that mortality rate comes down. Mm. As older people get it and die, that mortality rate goes up. Um, so it's really based on the math and the numbers there. The current numbers that we're seeing now, obviously they're going up. Texas is, um, starting to reverse their opening now. Right. And, uh, it's in my opinion, and based on the numbers and the data that I've seen, it's a combination of, uh, of things. It's multifactorial. Uh, as you reopen, of course, there's more exposures, right? There, there are going to be more uh, exposures to virus. Um, but with that said, there's also more availability of testing. Um, mm. So we have a lot more tests going out now and a lot more people getting tested, including people that don't necessarily have symptoms. Um, they <laughs> may have, uh, you know, I coughed. Oh, no, I coughed. Maybe I should just go get tested and make sure I don't have uh, COVID, you know, and then yeah. if they do become <laughs> positive, do they really have it? Or is, did they have it? And now they have antibodies to it, right? So right. There's just so much there that I hate to uh, dodge the question, but at the same time, it's, it's in my opinion, too difficult to answer. And there's too many unknowns right now. I think that the prudent thing though, and what the, um, what the data is very clear on is that if you're doing the etiquette thing and you're wearing the mask, I mean, that's protecting others around you. It'd be the same thing as if you're going to sneeze, not sneezing in someone's face, but instead, (laughs) you know, turn your head, sneeze into your elbow 
it's just it's great etiquette and and it also yeah. is beneficial for those elders that they have to go to the grocery store they just they right. have to you know they yeah. can't they've got a situation where they can't get it delivered or have someone go get it and they're scared to death and so when they see people in a store without masks they i mean they're stressed you want to talk about health and wellness if you have the giving mindset to help others yeah. with their own stress <laughs> levels then you know please by all means you know, do something real simple and just wear a mask <laughs> in public and, and help decrease the stress of others, you know? <laughs> so two things. I think that's the most logical explanation I've heard from anybody on where we're at facing this uh, COVID-19. The second thing is, and you're not going to like this, I don't own a mask. I won't wear one. <laughs> and I, I haven't looked at it as an etiquette thing. It's in, and I'm high risk. So, right. So I have asthma, uh, have my entire life, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's that stubbornness that my wife talks about. I'm starting to understand what she means by that. I think she even bought me one or found one or something like that in, in my in my office. And uh, I'm like, I went to the store. The other, I went to Lowe's the other day. She goes, Are "You wearing your mask?" I was like, "I don't know where it is," and I didn't. Oh, yeah. I didn't know where it is. So anyway, I, I think that was the best explanation from an actual physician who's been uh, trained and studied and been into the ER right up until, you know, January this year. So that's, that's incredible. Uh, I love the line you said with a, with a new pandemic, there's not enough data su- to support it, right. Or to, to know where this is going to go. So how long does it, and I don't know infectious diseases, I don't know, but how long, how much time has to go by before we really know kind of what, what this is about? You know, um, I'm not a specialist in infectious disease. So to right. any of my colleagues out there that would be listening to this, I'm, I'm not going to claim to know the exact answer to that. But what I can tell you <clears throat> is that as more populations of people become infected, we're going to have more specific data on mm. who's at risk and who's not. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's even research that's been done that shows uh, an immunosuppressed cancer patient infected by COVID survived it very well while... Mm. They had uh, a family member of theirs who was in intensive care that was not immunosuppressed. And wow. what I, the only reason I bring that up is because it just, again, it speaks to how much we just don't know. We don't haven't know. had enough time to study this to really understand where the danger uh, lies and what we can do to mitigate risk, you know, if someone does become infected. But the more populations of people that do become infected, like cancer patients, unfortunately, mm. you know, we don't want that, but it, it will happen. Uh, children, infants, um, elders, you know, yeah. Speaking I, of children, if you can hear mine uh, in the yeah, background, okay. <laughs> so, sorry, it's lunchtime. No, so <laughs> absolutely. Hey, I've, I've had the same situation before, but, uh, but you know, all that again, just, just to say that the more populations of people that do become infected, the more data we have to look at and the more we can kind of hone in on what the exact physiology of this is. And is it, is it a ramped up overkill immune system that is causing deaths or, or is it the virus itself? And I think uh, there's still a little bit of question right now. There's more people that, that seem to think maybe it's uh, an overcompensation of the immune system that's really causing the most critical illness. Mm-hmm. And, and there's research to suggest that as well. Uh, but, you know, again, it, it just has to do with how many people become infected so that we can take just like a good investigation, right? For those right. of you who like uh, good investigation shows on TV, it's how much data can you get? How much evidence can you get? And then you've got to assimilate that all together and then start doing some more research and trials to test it until you start getting the answers. So time, time is our friend as far as getting more knowledge and being able to predict more. Love it. I wish more 
people would take that logical approach to talking about it, <laughs> including myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that it's necessarily like the, the right way to approach it, but it's certainly my way of approaching it. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Um, all right, Miranda, before we get out of here, here today, and by the way, I want to, you know, you're talking about physical and mental healthness, but you did like this one time and, and I was like, whoa, watch out for the gun. Uh-oh. So <laughs> just for what, what bring that up for a couple of reasons. Number one is you you obviously practice what you preach, right? But guys just get in, get started, right? If you're listening to this, get started on doing 50 pushups a day. Heck, that's too much for you. Just start with 10. doesn't matter. Just do something, make that physical mental connection. Uh, but before I'll go off on a tangent and chase that rabbit, Miranda, what is the best way for people to connect with you and elite wealth and wellness? Oh, great. Thanks, Jay. Um, you know, we've got a YouTube channel. It's an elite wealth and wellness YouTube channel. Um, and I actually even have a COVID video that I put out back in March whenever all this first started up. So a little dated now, obviously we've got a lot of new changes, but um, that's the, uh, that's my YouTube channel. And then of course you can always email me, um, at Miranda at elitewealthandwellness.com. Um, so anyone who wants to reach out to me can certainly shoot me an email, um, any way I can be of service, you know, that's ultimately my goal. Um, and you know, with elite wealth and wellness, you know, our, our goal is to, we're really trying to, to create wealth and wellness for everyone, um, no matter your success or hardship. And so, um, Again, any way that we can be of service to that or uh, anyone you know that wants to be a part of our mission, you know, like you, Jay, then we certainly welcome and uh, and enjoy that. Awesome. Yeah, I want to I want to go ahead and schedule and connect with you again in like six months to a year, so we can figure out what really happened with COVID. If it's there you that go. quick yeah. enough, <laughs> but but no, I mean, there's there's obviously I want to talk to you for personal reasons, but I think the message is going to resonate with the rest of the listenership and the viewership about they both go together, right? The mental health and the well and the, the mental and the physical health. Um, and it starts with physical, right? Which I slack at a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Hey, we all do. We all yeah, do. And we all wax yeah. and wane too. Like, like you said yeah. earlier, you know, don't perfection is the enemy of good. Right. And you can be good and great without being perfect. And that's what, that's what we all do. I am absolutely far from perfect. Uh, but when it becomes, you know, your daily practice, that's what makes you great. And yep. that's what really counts. Absolutely. All right, Miranda, thank you very much. We will connect very soon. My pleasure. Thanks, Jay. All right, guys, you did it. You stuck around like I asked you to at the very beginning. I really do appreciate that. So what I want to do is I want to reward you for doing that. If you go over to right now, if you go over to w2capitalist.com slash shop, or if you just go to w2capitalist.com, click on the store button, it's going to take you directly to our store. And what I want you to do is go in there, fill up your cart with all of our swag. And then when you get ready to check out, use the promo code podcast. I want to reward you for listening all the way through. When you, when you enter the word promo code podcast at checkout, it's going to save you 15% off your entire order. Thanks for sticking around. It's you are part of this community and, and you're what makes this community great. 